I'm going to read, I'm going to read from the Bible. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I'm going to read some verses that were given to Moses. And, and actually, the Bible says that God carved with his finger into stone these commands. And so it, where I grew up in the U.S., they used to have them on the law offices. They used to have them in schools. They've taken them all out of there now. They took those out and the guns came in, I guess. I, but that's what happened in my nation. And I'm just going to read these out for you. You may know them. I, I don't know if you do. These aren't my words. These are God's words. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity. Iniquity is like stains on the soul. It's what comes because of our sin. It's our falling short. He says, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days God made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not, uh, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings and lightnings flashing and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear you, but let not God speak with us lest we die. <laughs> That's a tremendous picture, really. God was speaking and, and he was the one that, that, that carved it on stone. It wasn't man's idea. These aren't man's laws. This is God's laws. And, and tonight for just a minute, I, it, would take, it would take days to go through all of those. 
But really, I just want to start with the first one, really in the second. Have no other gods besides me. And have no idols. I was thinking about tonight, and Lord, what, what, would, you, what would you want me to bring? What would you want me to explain to people? I was very, very clear. Have no idols. Have no other gods besides me. No, have no other gods before me. Actually, the word there in the Hebrew, it means don't put anything before him or around him. Nothing on the same level as who he is. Can I ask you, are you an idol worshiper tonight? You say, well, I don't do that. If you're sleeping with your girlfriend, you have an idol in your life because it's causing you to disobey what God says and obey what you want to do. If you use crystals or you're using powers to try to help you in life, rather than turning to your creator, the one who made you, the one who formed you, do you know every hair on your head has been numbered by him? You don't even know how much is on yours. Some of us have less than others, but hey. But he's your maker. Six days he made the world. I, I really believe that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know the Bible says that you were made in his image? And because you were made in the image of God, he has you and I would live. And the problem is, is that so many of us have, have we, we've turned to this and that and I'll put my way and I'll do my own thing. And the Bible calls that a very old fashioned word. We call it sin. It means to fall short of the glory of God. God designed you um, to reflect his image in the world. It's a tremendous position he gave us as humanity. You're different than your dog. I know you love your dog, but you're more important and valuable than your dog. You were made in the image of God. In fact, when God made humanity, the dust of the ground, and the Bible says that he breathed into man. And when he did that, he poured his spirit into you so that you could be alive unto God. But what did Adam do? Well, his missus, she's eating the fruit. She gives it to him, he eats the fruit. And God told him, he says, that once you do that, you die. Once you look to your own ways and, and disobey God's command, once you do it, then, then, then you separated from God who is life. And the Holy Spirit just kind of, he went. And now Adam was his own authority. All he had was his own resources. And that's what he left all of us with. So when we came into the world, we're trying to figure out how do you do life? And we mess it up. We mess up ourselves. Some of you tonight are carrying physical scars. Physical scars. You hurt yourself because it just got too much. That's not what you were created for. That's not what he made you for. And there's a voice that goes out into all the world. I, I thought Elijah was so clear in saying it. that His conscience was bearing witness against him. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And it just kept getting louder. I wonder, can you hear God's voice through that? Have no other gods beside him. See, this is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I don't know what you believe, but I'm telling you, Allah doesn't have anything to offer. Buddha doesn't have anything to offer. The 300,000 the 300, uh, 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 gods and goddesses of Hindu, Hinduism doesn't have anything to offer you. There's only one true God, and he's the name. Jesus was manifest in flesh. God came down, and you could see him. No one could see God at any time, but God was manifest, and, and we beheld his glory, the glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, and they could see Jesus. This is the one who wrote the book. It's his word. See, well, I'll worship what I want. It's an idol. It's another God that you're trying to place beside him, hoping that it might help you in that day. Uh, let me tell you, if you trust in any other God, um, you'll end up where that God ends up. Yep. And it's not the Lord, the Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord of glory, the creator. It's not his house. The Bible says, have no other gods beside me. Can I say to you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can't hold on to other gods. I'm going to say that again. If you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot trust in crystals. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't pray to Buddha. You don't pray to Muhammad. You don't pray to Mary. You don't pray to anybody else. Jesus said it. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only Savior. He's the only name given among human beings whereby you and I can have eternal life and forgiveness of sin. That's a good book to read. Tonight, I wonder, these laws of God, <laughs> how many times do you have to kill someone to be a murderer? How many times then do you have to steal to be a thief? Lie to be a liar? Now be careful, you're in church now. Well, let me ask you then, how many of y'all told a lie? Now, if every hand in here doesn't come up, you just sinned again. If you've told a lie and you told me, it only takes one to be a liar, then what, what would that make you? You're just being judgmental. No, it's a fact. How many of you have stolen something? What does that make? What does that make you? Wow. I remember when I was in prison doing the prison work. I had a bunch of guys standing there, and 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 we were going through some of this and just kind of teaching on it. And I said, oh, "Anyone ever here committed murder?" And I'm like, "Oh, why did you ask that?" <laughs> But you know, you don't have to take the life. You know when you've been so angry? You would have. Before I came to know Jesus, I remember as I, I'd been up for, I don't know how many days on speed and some guy I got in a fight with, I was trying to get my gun because I wanted to kill him. I'm glad I couldn't unlock the chest fast enough. The Bible says that that anger, that Jesus said it. If you're angry like that, it's the same thing as murder. So if you've been angry like that, what does that make you? 
Some, some of you in the relationship you had, you, you decided that it was better for the child to get put out, to, uh, to, to get aborted, to, just to kill it. It was better for that. If you've done that, I'm gonna tell you, that's murder, you have blood on your hands. These aren't my commands, these are God's. We covet, we commit adultery. In fact, the Bible says uh, there about adultery is that don't commit it. Jesus said it this way. He said, if you look at a woman with lust, you know, you'd like, man, I'd like to, man. You've already committed it in your heart. If your wife or spouse, your girlfriend could see what was in your heart, guys, when you were looking at that stuff online. She wouldn't get anywhere near you. The Bible calls it sin. Can I just say this? Is that, do you think that God lets murderers, liars, thieves, adulterers, blasphemers, do you think he lets them into his house? See, there's a mixed response in there. Yeah, but I, I just listen to all these stories. How is it that they, I'll explain that in a moment. Some of you say, well, God will just forgive me, won't, won't he? Well, if you got caught speeding at a 20 mile an hour limit, now I don't like that one, but, and you're driving down and you get caught like all these times and, and you went and stood before the judge and, and he said, judge, I'm sorry. I know you're a good judge. How about just letting me off this time? What would happen? In fact, that if he did let it, you off, he wouldn't be a good judge. There's a fine and you'd have to pay it. So God says here, this is his law, not mine. This is his law. I'm under it just like you. And what happens is, is that I've fallen short of it. You've fallen short of it. And there's a fine to pay. The Bible says that the wages or the fine of what we have to pay because of our sin is death. We look for all other ways to fix it. Well, well, maybe if I go to church enough, can I say to you, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. <laughs> you could be born under one of the chairs here. That won't help you. In fact, let me just say this. Outwardly, you could keep like 90% of this, even 100%, you could really try, but it wouldn't be enough because it's not the outward appearance, it's the heart issue. Can I say this to you? Is that our ability... Our ability to fulfill the first commandment. And Jesus, he, when, when he kind of had this conversation with this religious guy who asked him, what's the most important commandment? And he said that, that well, Israel, the, the Lord your God, he's a one, one God. And you know, Father, Son, Spirit, he's one God. And, and, and you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Can I say to you this is that the ability to do that vacates every single heart without the help of Jesus. We'd like to try. Religious people think they do it. People go to church and we sing. But it's the heart issue. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. The ability to fulfill, to love God with all you are for your whole life. Guess what? All of us have fallen short of that. And that means we placed our love somewhere else. Uh, I remember when I was in my 20s, no, teens, sorry, late teens, and before I came to know Jesus, and we'd crawl around on the floor like animals, 
looking for every little white spot, thinking this might be more crystal meth. Because I loved what I was taking. In fact, I loved it so much, I was giving my life to it. We, we heard it already. Colin was so clear. For years, smoking up on the dope there, it, it, it takes over your life. And you begin to love that, even to your own detriment. And, and I know what it's, I will, I'll stop tomorrow. I have control over it. I can stop what I want to stop. You've tried. You've tried. Now, I know some of you guys here, you're hardcore. And, and you wouldn't dare let anyone see you, any kind of tear in your eye. I, under, I understand that. But um, um, when it comes to your own waywardness, uh, sorry, you're a wimp because you tried and you couldn't do it. And it wasn't that you weren't serious. It wasn't that you weren't intent, intent on it. But uh, I think as someone else, you just keep going around in circles, around and around and around. Someone told me this once that they used to train, um, or they, they train elephants when they're young. And they put a chain on them and they put a pole in the ground and the elephant can only go so far. The young elephant keeps pulling against it. And then, and then after a while, the elephant, they'll stop doing it. It can grow up huge. And with a little tiny string, they can keep them trapped. And the elephant just goes around and around and around. Stupid animal. But without Jesus, we seem to act the same way. Around and around and around. We, we, do, we know we shouldn't and we do it. We know we should and we don't. And, 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 and some, it just gets, we drink enough, maybe <laughs> press it down enough, and, you know, try to quiet the voice enough and, and but nothing really changes. Can I tell you the secret? It's not by pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. <laughs> I've seen people try to do that. They end up on their backside because you couldn't fix it. The God of glory put skin on his face and he came down. God was in Christ. So if, 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 if you were to look at Jesus, the invisible God now had skin on his face, he, uh, incarnate, he, he came down. We just celebrated at Christmas, right? Um, the, the God became flesh. And if you were, you, you could look at him and you could see God for the first time you want to know what God's like? Look at the life of Jesus. The fullness of God manifest in flesh in a person. You know, every person that came to him for help, he didn't turn them away. Sorry, you're too bad. Never did that. This is all happening in the Middle East, by the way. I've heard people say, well, it's just a white man's religion. <laughs> it started in the Middle East. How many of you guys realize that the gospel went to Africa before it ever came to Europe? The Ethiopian eunuch was one of the guys God sent Philip to to preach the gospel and it went to Africa first, even before it came over here to these white folks. I'm serious because sometimes we, we can think, well, that's just for them. Uh, whatever category you're in, whatever language group you're in, whatever your skin color or accent is, that's just for them. But, but tonight I'm going to tell you, we, we have people here at New, New Hope. We, we have gypsies here. We got Iranians here. We got Portuguese here. We got those from different African nations here. Why? Because there's only one Savior. There's only one God. There's only one God. 
And there's only one way to come to him, and that's what Jesus did. So this God became flesh, and he lives out this perfect life. He does what Adam failed to do and what you and I would only dream to be able to do. He loved his father. He loved uh, the, the love of God was in him, and he walked it out moment by moment, day by day. He was tempted like you and I, but he was without sin. And so he walked this perfect life. It's called the active obedience of Jesus. But then he goes to the cross. He's the holy one. He's the righteous one. He's the only good guy ever on the planet. And through the hands of wicked men, God laid his son on a cross. Your sin and mine. The Bible says that he bore it in his body on the tree. So that fine that I'd have to pay, he actually bore it in his body. All that sin, your wickedness, your perversion, your, your pornography, your uh, angry at my brother. Slapping your girlfriend, beating up your wife. I need to say, if, if you say you're a follower of Jesus and you lay hands on your wife like that, you deny the faith that you claim to believe. It's a lie. And you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. Because if you say, I know him, and you walk in darkness, there's no truth in you. And you need to repent tonight. You need to turn to Jesus and get him to save you from that anger, to save you from that violence, to save you from the sin that so infiltrated your heart that makes you think it's okay to do that and then praise God with them lips. God laid your sin on Jesus. And he only ever had to do it once. The hammer of God's judgment fell on Jesus in your place. Because he willingly took your sin in himself and paid the price. He, he was taken off the cross. He died. The wages of sin is death. The fine that has to be paid is death. He died your death. He took your sin. He took it into the tomb. And, and, and he was there. And then on the first day of the week, uh, the tomb was opened because um, uh, the angel showed God had raised Jesus from the dead. And that means that not only was your sin taken care of, but because he's living, he's able to save you completely and bring you to his house. He's able to cleanse you, and he actually, he, it's like he cuts the string of sin's puppetry in your life. So that you don't have to live that way anymore. Hallelujah. I don't have to walk around on my hands and knees looking for dope. I don't have to have things in my mind to tell me to do wicked things. I don't have to be so angry that you lash out at everybody. I don't have to walk in distrust and perversion and darkness. I don't have to walk that way anymore. And anyone who's in Christ becomes a new creation. The old goes, the new comes. They're made alive in him and they're given eternal life as a gift. I wonder tonight if you're willing to leave your sin behind. Listen, and turn to the only true God. Jesus defines it this way. Maybe you put this one up, John 17 and verse three. And Jesus defines eternal life this way. And this is eternal life, that they may know 
It's on the screen. I do that so you guys can read it for yourself. It's not my words, <laughs> but Jesus said this. And this is eternal life. He defines it that they may know you. What? What does he say? Jesus says, how many gods are there? Uh, oh, oh, one true one. There's all sorts of idols out there. But there's only one true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John 14, Carlos, let's put that up. John 14, let's start with verse 1. Let me just read this through and we'll kind of come into land here and then we'll watch them go through the waters of baptism. Jesus is saying this. It's literally just before he goes to the cross. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. What does he say? Okay, so he's putting himself on what level now? The level of God. So believing and having eternal life to say, well, I like God the Father, I just don't like Jesus, you won't have eternal life. He makes himself out to be God. Either he's a liar, he's telling the truth. There's very little in between. I believe he's telling the truth. And it was revealed when he rose from the dead that God advocated everything Jesus said and did. He's the Savior. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in, you believe in God, believe also in me. In what? My Father's house. Can we just keep going? Yeah, thanks. In my Father's house are many, many spaces, many rooms. My Father. You know, there's no Jew that would ever say my Father. They'd say the Father. And it was as a nation. But Jesus has this relationship that he says that because we belong to him, we get to enter into the same one and you get to call God your heavenly father. Some of you have had dads, I'm sorry. Some of them have been absent. Some of them have not done well with you, I understand. I know what that was like. And I remember God spoke to me very clearly one night and I kind of wept before him and he said, wait, I'm not like your human father. I'm your perfect heavenly father. Father, and it changed everything in me. Jesus says, in my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, he doesn't like leading people on and then not fulfilling the promise. Next verse, please. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, you may be also, this is his words, not mine. I believe them. Um, can I say to you, he's coming back? Yeah. And either you're going to meet him as a judge or a savior. The Bible says he's coming back on a white horse and it's going to get intense. The mighty men of the earth are going to say, uh, let the rocks fall on me and hide me from the wrath of the lamb. Where, what, what, what camp will you be in? Would it be a welcoming <laughs> committee with him or, or running? Uh, tonight you can know for certain you're on the, his side. <laughs> Next verse, please. He says, where I go, you know, and the way you know. Well, his disciples weren't quite sure on that one. Next verse, please. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And he tells both answers in the next verse. And Jesus said to him, I am the way. So who's the way? Hang on, but slow down, guys. So he says, I'm the way. So he says, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. He says, I'm the 
Okay, I'm telling you, he's telling the truth. See, in every other religion of the world, as I've gone, I've spoken in different places and met different kinds of people, Hinduism says that maybe karma, after 8,300,000 rebirths, maybe, hopefully, could be. Um, Islam, even Muhammad wasn't sure whether he would be with Allah. He was unclear. He said, you got to wait till you get there. That's a bad gamble. In uh, Catholicism, you're hoping at the 12 stations of the cross, maybe if I do enough and I get enough grace and merit, I can make it. All of the religions of the world is the same thing. Maybe, hope so, could be. Try hard, real hard. Sometimes people even take Christianity and try to make it into that. That's absurd. Because by the works of the law, nobody's going to be made right with God. And so if he doesn't give it to you, you won't get it. You can climb the ladder, go as high as you want, but unless he gives it to you, you won't get it. But Jesus said, I will give it to you. He said, I'm the way. He said, I'm the, and I'm the, no one comes to who? He tells you where he's going. He tells you the way and, how he, and where, where he's going. He's, he's going to return to the Father. That's what he said. That's what happened. He died. He rose again from the dead. And God exalted him to the highest place, gave him to be judge over all mankind. And, and he gave him the place of the right hand of power. And Jesus is the one that's going to come back. He says, I'm going to the Father. So it's his house, Father's house. He says, I'm going to be there. And if you want to be with him and to be made clean... He says he's the only one who can do it for you. I wonder tonight if you're willing to let him make you clean. I wonder tonight. I really honestly do not believe anyone's here by accident. I, I mean that. And, and, and I wonder if, if, if you're willing to put your trust in what he has done, not what you can do. So in other words, that his death and resurrection, okay, Jesus, I, I'm going to stop trying to get myself there, clean myself up and maybe come to you. Jesus, I'm willing, I'll trust in what you've said. I'll trust in what you've done. I'll trust in you. And he says, those who trust in him will never be disappointed. Those who believe in him will never be cast off, never be turned away. He'll change you from the inside out. You know what he'll do? He'll actually take out that heart of stone that you've got and he'll give you one that's soft and he'll write his laws on there and then by his spirit enable you to walk in what he says. Yeah. He'll write his laws on your heart. Now, please hear me as I finish now. Some of you here have been very religious. You've been trying very, 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 very hard. Some of you for years. I'm trying to get good enough. I'm trying, honestly. I'm not slamming that. But I can tell you it'll never be enough. It's like money. No matter how much you have, it'll, it's never what? Enough. Righteousness, self-righteousness is like that. But God's willing to give you the gift of righteousness. In other words, that acceptance before him, the same kind of acceptance that Jesus has. He is willing to give you the righteousness of Christ. In other words, like Jesus is accepted before the Father, 
He's willing to give that same acceptance to you so that you could be just as accepted before the Father as Jesus himself is. I, they say, well, that's too good to be true. I, I agree with you. It's too good. I don't deserve it, but it's true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So what do you do? Well, there's two things the Bible says. It says, believe. <laughs> believe. Are you willing to trust him? Okay, Jesus, I, here's my life. If I'm going to be saved, you've got to do it. If I'm going to be changed, you've got to do it. But I believe you. You've got the character that backs it up, so I, I trust you. And then the Bible says, confess it. What does that mean? I got to put on a collar and go into a box? You got to tell me your secrets? No, 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 no. You say to him, your Lord, I surrender. I give up. I'm not going to fix it. I'm not going to keep going my own direction. <laughs> your Lord, your master, your God, your, I trust you. And, and the Bible says that even in the simplicity of that message believed, and responded to that he's willing to give out the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of a quiet mind, the gift of peace, the gift of joy, the gift of all of those things and to fill you and to make you his child. All of you are creations of God fearfully and wonderfully made, but only those that are born of God get to be children of God. And he's willing to give it to you as a gift. And tonight you could receive it in fact, you could receive him. Let's just pray. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. I'm going to pray something quite simple and quite just out loud for you. And, and if this is resonating with you, can I just encourage you that you pray it out loud too? And in fact, everybody, let's just support those that might want this to be their portion as well. And we can pray this out loud together. Lord Jesus, Thank you for dying for me on that cross. I trust your blood to wash me and make me clean. I trust you. You're risen from the dead. I want to belong to you. Make me your child. Thank you that you hear me. Thank you that you promised to save me if I trusted you and called upon you. Be my Lord. Be my master. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the power to walk with you. Be my one and only God. Be my one and only Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says that if you believe and you mean that, guess what just happened? He heard you, and with his power, he'll bring the change that's necessary in your life. Can I say, if that's the case, would you come and have a word with me later on? You don't need to stand up and run forward. That's not necessary. But if, if that was you, can I say, come and have a chat with me or Pastor Claire? We'd love to pray with you and just give you some, a Bible, give you some portions of the scripture just to start your journey in this way. Amen.